0: back to the Sunday roast. How's it going guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? Guys, what's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you living? I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. Forgive the silence. Forgive the distance between this podcast and the previous one. I have been keeping myself to myself, keeping my head down, Not in a Valentine's way, but keeping my head down and just focusing on the live shows. Because the reality is, I'm a little bit afraid about the live shows. I'm a little bit nervous. I went as far as going to see a therapist, a hypnotherapist. Um, Let's say... (laughs) talks about mental health, uh, hypno, it was definitely a hypno. Went to a hypnotherapist in London just to try and cure my ridiculous fear of the stage and performing in front of all of you for the live shows, which sold out in eight minutes, but um, you know, that's irrelevant, <clears throat> just the eight minutes. Uh, nevertheless, I'm terrified. I'm crippled with fear. I'm waking up in cold sweats every night. The fear that I have about these live shows is akin to that, right? It's akin to the fear of an eight-year-old wartime evacuee in 1941 on a train from London Bridge to Bognor Regis, pissing his pants with the anticipation of spending the rest of his summer with a strange pensioner and no longer having soup with mum and dad in the tunnel of a tube station, okay? Let's just say I'm fucking afraid, guys, alright? But we will get through it. Just the eight minutes. We will get through it. I'm excited. I have you on my side. That's what the uh, therapist, hypnotherapist told me to say. The hypnotherapist, come on mental health. The hypnotherapist told me to say that you're all on my side. You're coming to the shows to enjoy it. So let's have fun. Anyway, Jesus Christ, I need to take a breath. Well, I had two coffees. I'm a bit jizzy. Um... I'm good guys, I just got back from skiing, but before I get into all of that, okay, before I get into all of that, do you know what really annoys me? I got back from skiing last night and I had to call a chiropodist, which I know, that's an ugly truth, but I did, I had to call a chiropodist this morning uh, about an appointment during the week, because uh, I had a booked, but I'd forgotten about when it was, and you know yourself, so I called them, and the woman on the receiving end of the line, like the receptionist, I said, hi, I'm just wondering, Mark Megan here, I'm looking, I've got an appointment with... Doctor Blank, you know, um I'm I'm wondering is that still on for this week? She was like, Oh yeah, Mark, we've got you in on Wednesday, isn't it the Wednesday the sixteenth of Valentine's Week? Valentine's Week Booking a chiropol Valentine's Week What fucking fairy tale fantasy land do you live in where you think that's an appropriate way to measure time? Valentine's Week just after the pajama party, is it? Or the funeral for the fucking Tooth Fairy. This is such a totally inappropriate way to discuss time. Like, I get it. If you're a restaurant or, you know, you're doing themed candlelit dog shit dinners, fine. You're a chiropodist. It's a foot doctor. The foot guy will love this, but... This is such a totally inappropriate way to discuss time. Hi, Mark. uh, Sonia here from the Beacon Hospital. Listen, we have your test results. Yeah. Yeah no, I know you were nervous. Listen, I'm afraid it's not good news. Would you yeah no, would you come into us for a chat on Pancake Tuesday? This is just not professional at all. At all. Fair enough if you're factoring Christmas into the mix. But any less than that and you're taking the fucking piss. Hiya, um is that the special Yeah. Hi, Mark here, listen, I'm just calling on behalf of my granny, um, Cause she's due in for that scan. Yeah. The, the brain scan, just cause she's been a bit forgetful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to see how long's left before I get the old, you know, the, the shekels, you know? Hello? Yeah. Um, yeah. When is that? Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. Look, we've got her in on, uh, Wednesday the 19th. <laughs> uh, why are you laughing? It's, will it, Wednesday the 19th? Yeah. Sorry. Why are you laughing? I don't get the gig. What's the giggling? It's serious. Like my granny's forgetting her shoes. Like she's going to, what's, Oh, well, it's Wednesday the 19th. You know, that's uh, National Steak and Blowjobs Day. Excuse me? It's National Steak and Blowjobs Day. If you're not... Uh... Wait, is that? Is that a thing? Well, I don't know about the steaks. So I'm back from a ski holiday. As some of you may have seen on Instagram, at Megan Mark, please follow me. I was away skiing last week in Switzerland. Now I don't know who needs to hear this, but Switzerland is extraordinarily expensive. And I made such an astonishing faux pas slash own goal slash moronic move by booking a trip to Switzerland. I did this as a sort of reward for myself, okay? Because I'm one of these people that if they make a sacrifice in life, I need to instantly counteract that sacrifice with a reward for myself, which in theory defeats the purpose of the sacrifice entirely. Because it's not a sacrifice if you're just getting something to compensate for whatever you're giving up or foregoing. Do you know what I mean? So basically, I wasn't going to be drinking for this trip, okay? So I somehow thought that because I wasn't drinking, I'd be able to afford an expensive ski trip while still being on the budget of a medieval surf. And that's just me personified. That is me personified. Like, most people reward themselves if they don't go out on a weekend or if they don't drink or if they don't do something like that. Most people reward themselves with a nice coffee, you know? Or perhaps a new pair of trainers. Me, on the other hand... You've just bought a two-bed apartment in Bars and Mark. This is absolute madness. This is ludicrous. Booking yourself ski holidays in Switzerland. You could not have chosen a more expensive place to go for a week. And that's why I'm here, coming back with the virtual begging bowl. You know, rapping on the doors of the old patrons, asking you to come back. Because fuck me, I am financially, emotionally, spiritually, and every other sense possible broke after that week. You can't do Switzerland on the cheap. It's not possible. Okay? So we get to Switzerland. Everything went well. Spent the first day going down the green slopes, like a dog with worms dragging its arse across the living room floor. Have you ever seen that? I mean, of all the, like, the bad things that happen to dogs, I think getting worms is the worst. Watching them sort of slide their arse across the living room floor, the degradation of that. Anyway, we get to Switzerland and we're looking at the menus in places. It looks really expensive, okay? But then we find that there's, like, a local Italian restaurant in the village. Bear in mind, the place is spectacularly beautiful, but it just looks obscenely expensive. So we arrive up, we're like, we'll go to the Italian, you know, that's going to be nice and cheap. It's always cheap and cheerful. I mean, it's not really fair to the Italians. What do the Italians ever do to deserve the indecency of everybody just assuming their food is cheap? Okay, well, obviously, carbonara rose from the peasantry. We know that that's true, because apparently eggs and bacon were deemed to be the items in the fridge of even the poorest of households back in the day. Whereas, like, realistically, if they have fridges, and this is back in the 15th century, they can't be that poor. Maybe if you spent less money on the luminous smeg, Gianfranco, you wouldn't be sending your wife out to work the fields every day. But, do you know what I mean? You generally sort of think pizza, pasta, you can't really veer too far into the financially absurd when it comes to those sort of things. At the end of the day, it's only a bit of bread and cheese. How much do you hate that? How much do you hate when people make an argument against an expensive place by listing off the ingredients? Well, that's actually just a bit of bread. I could have gone to the shops and done that, you know? Well, yes, but you're paying for a lot more than the ingredients, you absolute Philistine. Revert back to your subterranean fucking swamp where you dwell, if that's your mentality. You're paying for the service, the experience, the manner in which the food is prepared, etc. Just good luck with that general type of mentality. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, We found this Italian, called Grottino, which is perfect. It's Alpine and Italian. And you're thinking, this is going to be cute, cheap and cheerful, a cabin of sorts, of clay and wattles made, maybe. You know, no frills. No frills is, since when did no frills become the universal term for a shithole? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When someone says no frills, you know that they've had a shit time, but their ego won't allow them say that to you because that means they've chosen a place badly. So they have to say no frills. That's the sort of compromise, that's the mental middle ground one can arrive at in order to say, we stayed in a shithole. Do you know what I mean? You see it all the time if you're a loser like me who manages to get six to seven hours of daytime TV in Monday through Friday and occasionally on the weekends but you know like shows like Four in a Bed that they have on Channel 4 and you see this like English couple and yeah we, we stayed in a B&B down in Cornwall on our holidays it was nice um, it was no frills really there's literally a duvet strapped to a toilet seat and they're calling it an en suite this place is a shithole um. Well, Barbara and Steve were lovely as a hosts. Um. Although Steve did ejaculate in one of my wife's espadrilles, so I suppose that's the sort of no frillsness, you know. You'd expect. This is madness. This is madness. What's your name, Gregory? This is insane, Gregory. Greg. Greg. Gregory. Anyway, we go into Grattino. Okay. We go into Grattino, and we're thinking this is going to be fine, you know. This is going to be grand. It'll be simple. Sure, the cutlery might come a plastic wrapper with the napkin included. And the waiter will have the sincerity of, I don't know, an ad for a British bank. But that's all part of it. And yes, there's a good chance he's going to come over to the table with one of those cartoonishly large pepper mills that people seem to get way too excited about, by the way. Can we address that? What... Surely, this is nineteen ninety seven, where people like ate out in restaurants once or twice a year. It's two thousand and twenty two. We've all seen a large pepper mill at this point. And why do people get so? ooh, look, 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 look at this! He's coming over. He's got oh, me, me. You're having. You don't need it. You've ordered water. Like oh, do it to me, please, please. And everyone's making big swinging innuendo jokes while he, pepper. You're joking about fucking pepper. Oh, we, we should get one of these for a home. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine having a big... Oh, oh, oh. fucking hell, the boredom. Shoot me in the face right now. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean about those pepper mills, by the way. It's fucking embarrassing getting excited. So- Ooh, look at the pepper. It's coming. It's so big. It's fucking huge. Anyway. We get into this place, and it's fucking... Damn. It's grand. It's like standard run-of-the-mill... Um, Italian restaurant And then we get the bill I was on the waters I was on the tap waters Okay Mrs. Rose had one glass of wine I had two glasses of tap water And lo and behold I shit you not 10 euro I swear on my life I'll put my Put the receipt on my Instagram If you don't believe me They charge you 5 euro For a glass of tap water How Ludicrous Is that Well I don't know about the steaks <laughs> to injury on this experience, okay, wherein neither myself nor Mrs. Roast had a single Swiss about how expensive this is going to be. What a brilliant bit of wordplay. Nevertheless, we're in this Italian restaurant and to add insult to injury, do you know something happened that I was a bit tentative about even, I was saying it to her on the train of the way down, I was like, oh, should I talk about the girl that we encountered there? And she was like, oh, it's a bit disgusting and stuff. So, I, I didn't know whether or not to talk about this, but I'm going to, right? There was a girl with her parents on the table beside us in the Italian restaurant who was just sort of staring at us, like, nonstop for the whole time we were eating. It was very weird and uncomfortable. I mean, we stood out. It was. It's not a very touristy place that we went to in Switzerland, so fair enough. The two of us walking in in matching moon boots, me with my verbosity and her... You know, the two of us walked in, (laughs) the two of us walked in, and yeah, fair enough, some people would have been looking at us. But this girl beside us at the table just wouldn't stop staring. And then, right, whilst we were eating, she proceeded to pick her nose like there was no tomorrow and then eat it. This girl was 25 to 26 years of age. Is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? We were the two of us were repulsed. Like she was, and like proper excavation as well. Like she had like a little trough strapped to her index finger and the torch, (laughs) a little mini torch that was like a wedding ring, you know, or like those vibrators you can get in the toilets of like weirdly discos and rugby clubs. But you know, those ones that you, anyway, she was fully, picking your nose while staring into the eyes of a stranger should be added to the list of prosecutable sexual offenses. It's beyond warped. It's a violation. It's grotesque. It evokes so much disgust, rage, and confusion that it's reminiscent of the prolonged kiss with your cousin when they did the twenty-one kisses thing <clears throat> at his thirty first. Do you know? Have we ever discussed that actually, by the way? The whole twenty one kisses thing. That was absolutely bananas how that was a thing. For those of you unfamiliar, there was a tradition in Irish culture where well, certainly when I was growing up that On someone's 21st birthday, they would sit you down in a chair and then there'd be a queue of people who would just come up and kiss you. I mean... To be fair, lads, like we we all demand separation of church and state and the vast Catholicism for all of our sexual chaos and confusion. But perhaps there are a few more cultural culprits who should be added into the firing line. Getting strapped to a chair on your 21st birthday whilst people queue up to kiss you. This is insane. Also, just sit down, uh, just sit down there now. Then, um... We'll all line up and kiss you, you know There'll be a few jokey ones uh, A few cheeky ones And then a big long one <laughs> Oh, a big long one With the person everyone either knows you fancy uh, Assumes you fancy Or maybe wants you to fancy Or if all else fails, there's me, I suppose You know, your Uncle Francie Sit down there On that chair now Make yourself comfortable now, Sit down there now, like a good fella Yeah, just sit down there now And I I might just ask, you know, to ever so gently, ever so lightly, to make a wish. You know, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday the 16th now, next week now. And the butcher's all sold out, if you know what I mean. I actually don't know what that is. Nevertheless, 10 euro. For two glasses of tap water. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you're, we were just getting skinned alive. And that was the first night. I was almost broke like. So I booked us in for a horse and carriage ride in the morning. Okay. So you can only imagine my horror to discover that it was 350 snids for an hour long journey. Imagine spending 350 snids to be chauffeured around the Swiss Alps by a horse drawn uh, carriage with hot chocolates. So expensive. I'd sooner strap a saddle to Mrs. Roast and trek upwards on a black slope. I won't even tell you, by the way, the prices of the hot air balloon ride. It was rip-off Ireland gone mad. So anyway, I booked us in for the Golden Alpine Sauna Experience. (laughs) the week progressed and I continued to lose money and I'm one of those people I don't know if anyone else is like this but I'm one of those people that once I start like spending money and panicking I spend more out of panic because I'm like Oh well I suppose I'm gone now. I better I better spend my way out of this problem. Do you know what I mean? It's completely and utterly insane and it's never worked for me. But so I don't know why this time it'll work out. It's like, oh well, I suppose we may as well go down with a fight. No, you're just making yourself more and more broke. But we, we managed to stay above water for the rest of the week, you know. Um, we didn't sort of have to make friends with any other couples on the holiday because that's always something that's on my mind when I go away um, with Mrs. Rose. Like, I, I don't want other couples to get to know me. I don't want to get to know them. I don't want to have to, like, I don't want to pass each other in the lobby and do knowing smiles. I don't want this. I don't want to go for dinner with you, you know. I don't want to go for dinner with you and this isn't a direct go at Eric and Tina from Amsterdam who both work for LinkedIn and met on Tinder even though they never actually use the apps. It's a couple's holiday, okay? I'm not here to meet you guys. I'm here to quietly argue with Mrs. Roast about my apparent inability to get a good Instagram picture of food and complain about the price of tap water. I'm not here to make friends. This is a waste of everybody's time, okay? These sort of greetings to each other. Much like socks that have left and right written on them or gender-specific shower gel, it's a total waste of time, okay? Let's not be friends. Let's... I wish... One day, I just wish there's a way that you could smile at a stranger and go, how are you? (laughs) We're never going to know each other. Isn't that fucking wonderful? Isn't it delicious and exquisite, the fact that we will never have to get to know each other? We will remain strangers. We are strangers. Goodbye, stranger. Nevertheless, as a way of sort of countering the expensiveness of the place, we were were scratching our heads. And then eventually we found it. There was a kink in the chain of the hotel chain in which we were staying. They had a buffet breakfast. And it was standard continental affair. You know the types. Salamis, meats, cheeses, croissants, hot... I'm not just going to list all breakfast stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But they had a hot chocolate stand. And Swiss hot chocolate is incredible. So over the course of the week, we've been building a steady supply of hot chocolate sachets. Okay? A sort of nest egg to keep us going when we got back to Dublin. We didn't steal tea bags or shower gel. We're not complete degenerates. But... Here comes the problem. So I've got about 54 sachets. That's, if you do the maths, if you're averaging on like one hot chocolate every fortnight, which is like a reasonable and adequate amount of hot chocolate for like a human being in the Western world to be consuming who don't have a perpetual winter climate. 54 hot chocolate sachets, that's like one every two weeks for a couple of years. So I was like, that's grand, we're sorted now, that'll see us through a couple of winters. But when we were checking out, okay, oh sorry, also we had to complain when we were checking out because... Oh, I don't know. No, I can't. Long story short, we had to complain we were checking out the, about a few things. The service was terrible. And at one point I went down to the bar to get a hot chocolate. Um, but I went down to the bar and there was two members of staff in the bar in like an embrace. Like they were kissing. They were sort of like had their cheeks. They were embracing. OK. And they looked around at me to be like, are you all right? And I was like, oh, hi. Sorry, i just... Here for like a a hot chocolate as I'm wearing the baggiest trousers I have, you know, with the huge pockets to put the hot chocolate, Sasha. I was like, yeah, just here for a drink. They're like, oh, like as if I was interrupting them anyway. So we had to complain, but that's fine. So they actually gave us back a little bit of our cash, which is very nice. But when we were checking out, he offered to help me out to the car with my suitcase. But I could see there was like a glint in his eye and his lip curled upwards as if to suggest he knew something. So I started fucking panicking. Like, I don't usually rob, by the way, and I didn't consider this to be theft in general because I'm like, we're paying for this. It was really expensive. The service hasn't been good. You know, it's all, again, sacrifice versus reward. This is what we're talking about. So I'm there panicking, sweating, while still wearing my thermals and my ski suit. And I'm like, okay, there couldn't possibly be CCTV because this is effectively a wooden shed. Like, it's a chalet. It's sort of like a bigger version of those bars people made in their back gardens during lockdown. But I suppose with this one... People actually enjoy spending time in it, and uh, it's money well spent. And it's not entirely dog shit. N- no frills, really. Those, those. How are the bars in the back gardens doing? How are you getting much use out of them? How are they doing? <laughs> I saw 59 pigeons hanging out in one of the other day. The roof had more white stains than the Jim Larkin statue on O'Connell Street, or the lingerie section of the Dunn's catalogue in my house when I was 14. Nevertheless... I started panicking because he wanted to help me carry out the bag and i put all of the sachets in the sort of big zipper pocket on the side of my suitcase. Anyway, off we go. And next thing you know. What can only be described as... The zipper breaks, like, comes, comes undone. What can only be described as, like, an inflatable garden swimming pool with a puncture. <laughs> all of the sachets have just come rushing out onto the lobby floor. And the whole hotel is just a sea of hot chocolates. It was the most mortifying, embarrassing, fictional thing to ever happen to me. It was fucking disastrous. I ended up getting arrested anyway. And spending the night in a Swiss prison on my Toblerone. You can't. You can't. Anyway. Well, I don't know about the sticks. (laughs) Sticks. that do not have tickets. I want you to listen to this podcast right now and send me a message on Instagram with the exact time the time it says on the podcast now. And I will give away some tickets to the first few people that do that. I couldn't think of a better way. I didn't want to do a competition or anything because it's not fair. And uh, yeah, I just feel like this is a... I feel like the people that listen to this are legitimate fans and listeners, and they're the ones that I'd like the tickets to go to. So, um, yeah. As I was recording that, I knew that I was forgetting something of utmost importance to say, guys, I just want to take this second uh, slash minute to talk about the Westport Coast Hotel down in Westport, County Mayo. They are incredible. They brought me down about three weeks ago now or about a month ago so I could finish writing the live shows forward slash start writing the live shows Um, They set me up in an amazing apartment which has like two rooms and it would comfortably sleep sleep six. Please check them out. Westport Coast Hotel, um, it's the perfect place to stay if you're going to Mayo. I mean, if you're interested in exploring the terrain of the Serengeti or cooling your arse off and losing your money up in Iceland, I would not recommend the Westport Coast Hotel. Of course not. It would be a ludicrous place to choose, ill-equipped to deal with the Icelandic temperatures or the Serengeti. But for an Irish trip, I could not... In An Irish trip in Mayo in Westport. No, for an Irish holiday, uh, I cannot recommend the Westport Coast Hotel and Asgard Apartments enough. Thank you.